coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. And a happy Thursday to you, man. What a gorgeous afternoon it's turned out to be. And I don't think it was even 70 degrees at noon today. I'm loving this time. This is my favorite time of year. Weather-wise, it just it, Well, actually, it's my favorite time of year anyway. When you live in Atlanta, you have college and pro football to look forward to for as long as the Falcons let us look forward to pro football, that is. And I don't know. I mean, jury's still out on them. Braves are doing very well. UGA is doing very well. And the weather is just mm, chef's kiss for a few more weeks anyway. You know what? I, I woke up in a really good mood today, despite the fact that I stayed up pretty late between uh, my Wednesday softball league game. We were in the championship uh, playoffs, although we were one and done last night. We gave it a valiant effort. I, I feel like we were playing a team of fellas that were playing high school baseball four, maybe five years ago and still play together a lot. They were really good, but we gave them all they could handle. 11-10, they had to win on a walk-off. Okay, you don't care. You're here to hear me talk politics, and that's what I'm here to do for you for the next few minutes. Thank you for listening on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Now, I woke up in a good mood because uh, despite the fact that I had my softball game and then dinner later than usual, and then the debate and oh, the Braves walk-off win was amazing. Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of a kind. You didn't come here to listen to sports, Ron. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I watched the debate, the post-coverage, and all the pundits were trying to determine who the big winner was last night. Y'all, the big winner was Joe Biden. How can he not have looked like a winner? The Democratic Party as well. When you look at the seven that were on the dais, None of whom were Donald Trump, the lead clown in that three-ring circus. And the seven of them couldn't coalesce on policy, substantively, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We had Nikki Haley and Tim Scott arguing over curtains. We had Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, both Indian Americans, and they cannot stand each other. The pullback picture I'm trying to present here is how is an opposition party supposed to work with the Republican Party when the Republican Party can't get along with itself? That is a narrative that Democrats need to pounce on for the next 13 and a half months. But the gift, the gift, ah, chef's kiss, the gift that the Biden-Harris campaign was given last night, came from one Ron DeSantis. In fact, the Biden-Harris campaign released this social media commercial. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added 7.8 trillion to the debt. Hello. That set the stage for the inflation that we have now. I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little, I, honestly, in real time, watching that was sort of stunned. I really was. I was stunned. I was like, did a Republican just speak the truth as inconvenient as it is to he and his party's aspirations? I'll be damned. He did. He literally laid the blame for the inflation that Americans 
are unhappy with, have been unhappy with, still are unhappy with, despite the fact that it's pretty much under control compared to the 9% error that we lived through for quite a while. Hear it again. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. Right. That set the stage for the inflation that exactly. we have now. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. So here's the thing. Ron DeSantis maybe not immediately realized that he gave this gift to the Biden-Harris re-election uh, efforts, but he kind of figured it out this morning when he decided after Joe Biden tweeted that very clip to respond. 11.04 a.m. this morning, Ron DeSantis retweeted, oh God, retweeted Joe Biden's little commercial clip there. You heard it, and I want to play it again. In fact, I want it to be on loop between now and Election Day in November of 2024. Anyway, Ron DeSantis gave us a free retweet. He tweets, your reckless spending poured gasoline on the inflation fire. The one that he didn't set, right? Turbocharging the rising costs that are hurting the American people. When I'm the nominee, I'll make you climb out of your basement, accept responsibility, and defend your failed record, Joe Biden. And when I'm president, I will put an end to this bloated spending that is shutting down the American dream. This is so cute. He thinks he's going to be the nominee, y'all. That is just precious. What what's up with this climbing out of the basement crap? First of all, it's 2023, not 2020. You literally just surveyed hurricane damage with the guy who was obviously out of his basement to survey the damage with you. You were thanking him for his assistance while he was not in the basement, but in your presence. Accepting responsibility, you're going to make someone accept responsibility. You can't even get the presumptive nominee for your party to show up to debate you. But you're going to get the president to accept responsibility for something that you think is his fault? When in actuality, last night, you put the blame correctly where it needed to be. For that brief moment of political expediency that you thought was going to pay off for you, It instead not just shot you in the foot, the presumptive nominee, and your party's argument that Biden is the reason for all the monstrous inflation we've dealt with for the first two and a half years of his presidency. Thank you, Ron DeSantis. I can't believe I'm saying this, but thank you. If the Biden-Harris people aren't running that on endless loop, craft it as a 15-second, make it a 30-second, however you need to, it needs to run. If I don't see it running tonight when I watch Lester Holt, I'm going to be upset. It needs to run as often as possible. Americans need to get sick of seeing Ron DeSantis, more tired of seeing Ron DeSantis speak. They need to really get tired of that clip. Like, it just needs to be so obvious. Okay, we get it. Water's wet. Sky is blue. Kittens are fuzzy and cute. And also, Ron DeSantis admitted that the inflation that we've all been grousing about for the last two and a half years wasn't Biden's fault after all, despite what the GOP's been telling us. It actually was Donald John Trump putting $8 trillion on America's credit card. Now, liberals, I want you to just sort of lean into the speaker so that I can tell you a little secret, okay? Are you here? All right, pull in. It wasn't even necessarily that that money being used 
we could quibble about. Because remember, we were dealing with a pandemic and had folks sheltering in place. We literally had families struggling to survive, not knowing where their next meal was coming from, how to pay the rent or mortgage, those that still had to. And so government stepped in and helped, which Republicans are dead set against, period. Remember Ronald Reagan? Most dangerous words you can hear, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, oh my gosh, all the government helped. Evil socialism. Just like it does in a blizzard, socialism shows up with the salt trucks and the plows and clears the roads. Socialism shows up to put the electric grid back in order after a hurricane or a flood or a tornado or a blizzard. I guess what I'm saying is if Joe Biden were president during the pandemic, he he might rightly be blamed for the $7.8 trillion that Donald Trump put on America's credit card. But it was Donald Trump all along. Reckless spending, Donald Trump. Out of control debt, Donald Trump. And the funny thing is, I don't even think, ideologically speaking, Donald Trump was for doling out stimulus money and propping up the American economy just to keep us in survival mode because it was good for the American people. I really don't. I don't think that was his ideological pivot in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I think he just knew that if he didn't do something and the American economy cratered more than it did under his watch, well, there's no way he'd get reelected. And so he used $7.8 trillion of American credit to prop up his reelection bid. Come on, we all believe this, right? I mean, I'm not saying anything that we don't all readily know or at least believe deep down in our heart. Even the most strident Republican who might be listening, eavesdropping over my listeners who listen to this show at work, they probably quietly nod. Yeah, no, it wasn't so much about helping the little person. Never mind that ideologically, Republicans prefer to help at the top and hope it trickles down to the average person. Helping anybody but himself is just not in Donald Trump's DNA. Now, I know a lot of folks enjoyed the Nikki Haley clap back at Vivek Ramaswamy when she said... And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Hmm. Because I can't believe you know, they I hear that you've got a may. TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. <laughs> that means they can get your contacts, they can get your financial information, they can get your emails, they can Let get just say, text messages, they can get all I, this of is these important. things. This is I mean, I get it. It's it's fun to watch Nikki slam Vivek for the douche nozzle that he is, but she's actually also kind of wrong. I mean, listen, we're we're not going to sit here and defend that TikTok is owned by Chinese investors and that she's wrong. No, she's right. They can get all that information. What the hell is the Chinese government going to do with all that information about me or you or any of us? Really? They're, they're going to find out that we stop at Bucky's when we go out of town? They're going to find out that we use DoorDash or Uber Eats three to five days a week? What are they going to find out? What is the Chinese government going to find out about us? Us as just common folk that's going to give them some sort of military advantage. I mean, she scores points for the punch, but for what? 
because Vivek is on TikTok because he sees the benefit of reaching out to younger voters, whereas the rest of the GOP could care less about even trying? The question I always have for conservatives who are concerned about what the folks at TikTok learn or know about their consumers is, why does it scare you so much when a Chinese-owned app gets that information, but you don't care whatsoever if it's Meta or Google or Amazon or Walmart or anybody? When we log on, we accept the terms and conditions without reading them because our Congress doesn't seem to care if they have all that personal information to monetize off of our habits. But if a Chinese-owned app does that, oh my gosh, it's a national security threat. Well, if it's a national security threat with them, it's a national security threat with our own big business. Did a Chinese-owned app or governmental entity or business of some sort addict us to nicotine and imperil the lives of tens of millions of Americans over decades? Oh no, that was American-owned tobacco companies. Or did a Chinese-owned entity or app or company somehow addict us to fatty, salty, syrupy, sweet foods? No, those were the American food companies that the tobacco industry actually owned from the late 1980s into the early 2000s as well. See, it's... And and you want to tell me that us having a fun little laugh now and again on an app that happens to be owned by people in China is the national security threat? Oh, please, have a seat. In that office with those nice new curtains that President Obama apparently sent you. What was that about? Oh my gosh. I have so much more to say about the debate. I also want to talk to you a little bit about Rumble. Rumble was the online streaming partner for last night's RNC debate, and there's some concern about Rumble. We're going to talk with Kayla Gogarty from Media Matters for America, and she'll explain why that is. Later on The Ron Show on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to The Ron Show for Thursday, last night's GOP presidential debate minus... It's lead candidate, Donald John Trump. Now, listen, I gave Ron DeSantis a lot of credit for the clip that is currently getting shared all over social media and damn well better be on continuous loop through Election Day until every last poll closes. But even Chris Christie had to point out how much debt is on the books because of not Joe Biden. And Donald Trump hides behind the walls of his golf clubs and won't show up here to answer questions like all the rest of us are up here to answer. He put $7 trillion on the debt. He should be in this room to answer those questions for the people you talk about who are Can suffering. But if that's not enough for Democrats to make the case in 2024 that they are the responsible party, the party that governs responsibly, well, this little two-minute exchange between people from the same party ought to do it. The conversation about the things that are happening on this stage, we think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people, and I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist (laughs) Party and the same people that funded... 
Hunter Biden millions of dollars was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. So look, I want to respond. These these are good people who are tainted by a broken system, and it's not the fault of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted. Excuse me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. You said by people. If I may finish, you can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges. We have a focus on the issues that matter. We know business in China. May, Everybody knows that. If I may, if Let's I may focus address, on holding Joe Biden accountable. That's what we need to be I actually agree on. with Ron DeSantis. Well, speaking at the same time, I, no one can understand Exactly. Your so if I may, I agree with Ron DeSantis on China. When every other CEO expanded into the Chinese market, you know what I did with my first company? We opened a subsidiary in China. But you know what I did that was different than every other company? We got the hell out of there. And when I started my yeah, next right company, you ran Strive, right when, ah, years ago, right when I started my Woo. next company, Strive, to compete against BlackRock, excuse me, no, no. to compete against BlackRock, I made a commitment that we would never do business in China. And I will say something. Yes. I think you have more than time to explain yeah. your point. Well, if I, I was interrupted by a lot of people here, and I want to be respectful because I believe yeah. these you were respectful people, last but I do not yeah. believe in these. We're sitting here in the Reagan Library. Yes, guys. I wish you would not the honor of Ronald Reagan's library. If I may, well, from I, one Tim, listen, from one hey, admirer listen, of Ronald all, Reagan all to another, from you. one admirer of Reagan to another, Did we cannot do deals with four years ago. This is productive. I want to hear about I Let's have a policy debate. What's going on? I'll, I'll Let us have a policy debate. Let's have about their records. Let's have a policy debate. And the right answer is we need to declare independence from China. And that is the party that wants to run this country, y'all. The only thing that clip is missing is... I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Exactly. <laughs> As I said in the first segment, though, the real winner of the debate, I don't care what any of the pundits said after the fact on Fox or, NBC or MSNBC, or C the real winner of the debate was the Biden-Harris re-election campaign. Because, again, none of these clowns really made themselves look more presidential. I've said all along, uh, the, 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 the people that worry me the most are Chris Christie and Nikki Haley. But that Trump cult's not going to get off of his teeth. They're just not going to. God bless Chris Christie for even trying. Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look in that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. <laughs> I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. I want to So I, I, one last little bit from the debate last night. Of course, this was at the Reagan Library, right? Reagan spent... Hundreds of millions, billions in American dollars, factoring for inflation, probably trillions, to grind the Soviet Union into inexistence by proxy war, by direct threat, by militarizing us to the teeth so that they would militarize themselves to the teeth. And so in the Reagan Library, we have a GOP presidential candidate by the name of Vivek Ramaswamy who's saying things like, the reality is just because just because Putin people. is not an e Putin's an evil dictator does not mean that Ukraine is good. This is a country that has banned eleven opposition parties. A win that has for actually, Russia is a that win is not for true. China. We're driving a win Russia. For Russia. Excuse is a me. Win for China. Excuse me. If you have but a chance, I forgot you like you'll China. Have, That's no, why you, you're. You'll have you'll have your chance in just uh, a moment. Yeah. The hurling personal insults isn't helping. But Nikki's oh god, Nikki's right. 
A win for Russia is a win for China and a loss for the United States and our NATO allies. Ronald Reagan would be spinning in his grave or urn. I forgot what he had done. Um, Chris Christie actually is the one that kind of brought it back to, well, I, I would say a, a Reaganistic point of view, but it's actually a Bidenistic point of view as well. Donald Trump said Vladimir Putin was brilliant and a great leader. This is the person who is murdering people in his own country and now not having enough blood, he's now going to Ukraine to murder innocent civilians and kidnap 20,000 children. And let me tell you, if you think that's where it's going to stop, if we give him any of Ukraine, next will be Poland. This is a guy who said, wait one sec, this is a guy in 1991 who said that was the darkest moment in world history when the Soviet Union fell. Listen, everybody, he wants to put the old band back together and only America can stop it. And when I'm president, we will. It's just refreshing to hear a Republican actually espouse what Biden's already doing. And that's why at the end of it all, I maintain that the real winner of last night's GOP debate was... Joseph Robinette Biden and his running mate Kamala Harris. All right, so the debate was televised on Univision and Fox Business and a social media streaming app called Rumble. Why is that noteworthy? I'll have Media Matters for America's Kayla Gogarty explain that to us. Next, when the Ron Show returns on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. All right, so I want to thank Kayla Gogarty for joining us from Media Matters for America. RNC debate, live stream on Rumble, and it's your job to keep an eye on things like Rumble and parse us out on the misinformation or the spin that comes with that. First of all, Kayla, thanks for joining me. Second of all, what is Rumble? I'm, this is kind of a new thing for me. I mean, it's kind of one of those social media platforms you've seen on the share tab a lot, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So Rumble is an extreme right-wing video streaming platform. So basically an alternative to YouTube. Mm. But the difference between YouTube and Rumble is that Rumble is filled with harmful content. So, you know, think conspiracy theories, including the dangerous QAnon conspiracy theory, um, you know, violent content, anti-LGBTQ hate speech, anti-Semitic content, racist content, etc., And it has become a place where far-right figures that have been banned on other platforms for misinformation and hate speech have flocked to. So to, you know, put out their videos and, and, and on, on rumble because they've been deplatformed on some other, other more mainstream platforms. Would this, would would this be where we find folks like Nick Fuentes, by the way? Yes. Yes, Uh, this would be. He's, I guess, one of the stars uh, of rumble. (laughs) Um, he, he has, um, a presence on rumble. He posts videos, um, and he's been a frequent guest on some other, uh, you know, rumble streamers. Um, but I would, I would note that one of the, you know, largest subset that we have found on rumble is the QAnon universe. Um, so all the QAnon, you know, influencers and shows that have been deplatformed elsewhere have come to rumble and have made that their platform for, for their shows, um, to stream their shows. I hesitate to make this sound like we're promoting rumble, but can you name drop some people that are found on rumble that are found nowhere else? Um, you know, like I said, Nick Fuentes is there. Um, a lot of the QAnon, um, influencers, uh, we also see, um, users that are still on YouTube, 
but also cross stream on rumble. Mm-hmm. And then, so for instance, like this misogynistic fresh and fit podcast, they'll have a stream on both platforms mm-hmm. and then they'll kind of preview and say, okay, we're going to cut our YouTube stream, go on to rumble. And then we can have, you know, Nick Fuentes as our guest oh, and yeah. talk about more um, incendiary, uh, you know, rhetoric and, and things of that nature. Almost like a, a city council going into closed door session, except it, it's, well, it could be just as you know dirty and seedy, I guess. Um, this we we've seen this proliferation of a separate, you know, a separate but equal or a separation, and I, and I guess the extremes on the right would say, well, that's because we're getting deplatformed. But there's also an inherent danger in having conversations that neither side of the extremities are are listening to. Uh, I I guess. Well, talk to me about the danger of that. Yeah, and I, I would I would add that um, specifically the RNC using Rumble right. um, for their primary debate, and they they also used it for the the first debate yeah. as you know their ex- their exclusive streaming um, service for the debate. Um, part of the danger there is that the RNC is helping to normalize the platform. Exactly. You know, we know it's filled with extreme and harmful content, but the RNC is is basically telling users, okay, go to Rumble. And we we know that this could be a bridge to extremism because now we're, we're drawing new audiences to this platform and exposing them to harmful content. I think one interesting example that we have seen is um, uh, former Representative De- Devin Nunes. He uh, recently uh, in, in April had appeared on a QAnon show on, you know, that was streamed on Rumble. And he actually told the host that he discovered the show because he had just been browsing on Rumble. So he had been looking at some other videos on Rumble and actually wow. came across this QAnon show. So I think that really goes to show you how it could be a bridge to extremism. And one of the biggest concerns I have with, ha- with the RNC, you know, using it as an exclu- exclusive streamer um, is that these audiences will be, you know, potentially exposed to some of this content and, and maybe, you know, sign up for Rumble while they're there, um, you yeah. know, watching the debate tonight. I liken this in some respects to uh, a, a husband and wife come home from a busy day at their respective jobs. And the husband says, oh, my gosh, did you know your brother was on Grinder?" And the wife goes, what were you doing on Grinder?" <laughs> With Devin <laughs> Nunes siphoning <laughs> through the filth at Rumble. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh gosh, uh, but you're right. I mean, there, there, there is that 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 tacit normalization that comes from the Republican Party, the RNC, not just with with their presence, but with a, a, a promotion of that platform in live streaming the debates the the first two times out. Uh, has, has there been any blowback politically within the party or without the party from that? Um, no, I mean, you know, the RNC kind of when they came out and said that they're going, we're going to be using rumble. Um, they, it was kind of the way that they portrayed it was an extension of some of the rhetoric that we've been seeing from, from them in terms of, you know, telling that, telling people that they need to go to rumble because they've been censored on other platforms. And, you know, this is a, a talking point that we've heard for years now, but we know is false based on some of the, you know, data and studies that we have seen where, you know, right leaning conservative, you know, Facebook. Facebook pages and accounts have not really been, you know, censored as they like to say. Um, so it's kind of an it's a natural extension of that talking point as them kind of going to, you know, Rumble and and Rumble itself. It does try to um, 
try to normalize itself in the sense that it has been bringing in, you know, variety of creators with uh, contracts for exclusive content. So gamers, pranksters, more sports and culture focused channels. Um, but ultimately, you know, some of the data that we we have found is that, you know, those sorts of creators are not doing as well in terms of, you know, views and likes as the, this more dangerous content. So the QAnon conspiracy theories, the anti-Semitic content, mm. et cetera. So forgive my ignorance, but isn't the RNC able to live stream these debates on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube as well? Why, why even need to resort to rumble? Um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've selected rumble for this. Um, I don't, I don't believe that they are going to be streaming it on other platforms. I, I don't was, think yeah, they do. Okay. I was going to ask if that's an exclusivity or not. Yeah. So, th so that's, yeah, it's, it's exclusive. Um, yeah. the only other, the, it'll be obviously on, you know, Fox business, let, It'll be on Fox sure. Business this time. Last time, I believe it was on Fox Nation, but the only free streaming service that it will be on is, is Rumble. And I, I, one of the uh, things that we've also looked at is have reporters been covering this properly? Um, and, and are they telling their audiences that this is an extreme platform? And, and what we have, what we have found is basically no. They have barely been talking about it. Um, you know, we looked at top U.S. newspapers and there were, you know, a handful of articles where they mentioned that the debate would be on Rumble. Mm. But, you know, they were just telling their audience that that was a place for, you know, you to be able to see the, the debate. But they were not mentioning that it was an extreme platform and that there was extreme, uh, you know, uh, content on the platform. So they were essentially sending users, uh, you know, their audiences to this platform without any context. Are any of the major GOP presidential candidates featured prominently or have accounts or using Rumble as a social media platform to promote their candidate? Yeah, so um, mo several of the GOP candidates do have Rumble accounts. Wow. Um, you know, Trump does, DeSantis does, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, um, Francis Suarez. Um, we do know that Trump and DeSantis on their campaign pages, they actually embed Rumble videos as opposed wow. to you know YouTube videos. Um, so I think that's particularly notable. And we, we do know that... Um, but there have been some financial ties to Rumble mm. um, by some right-wing, uh, you know, um, investors, and we know that, uh, it's, uh, according to a recent financial disclosure disclosure from um, Vivek Ramaswamy, he had owned an investment in Rumble. Uh, I was just going to ask you who is behind this, uh, other than Vivek and a little bit of money. Who are the principals behind Rumble? Um, yeah, so it's it has their CEO Chris Pavlovsky. But um, we know that there have been financial ties to a Peter Thiel, to um, now Senator J.D. Vance, to Dan Bongino, wow. David Sachs. So, you know, right wing, um, you know, personalities and, and investors. So I can understand on one hand, while, and by, by the way, we're joined by Kayla Gogarty with Media Matters for America. She is keeping a, a keen eye, obviously, on this social media platform, Rumble, which is, uh, in essence, a right wing alternative to YouTube. On the one hand, I, I guess I can understand where a Donald Trump who may be deplatformed from YouTube is looking for somewhere else to house videos and embed them in his own social media campaigns. But but again, it's it's as you mentioned before, there, there's not much in media circles that's covering the darkness of this. Is this is Rumble available on iTunes or Google Play? Is it uh, has it been? Uh, sanctioned in any way by any of the search engines or 
how are people getting to it is I guess my question. Yeah, I mean, Rumble has, um, you know, apps on Apple's App Store, on Google Play. It is also available on, you know, Samsung TV, um, LG TV, some streaming, you know, TV streaming services. Uh, you can find it on Apple Apple. Um, you know, TV as well. Mm. Um, so it is available on several of these apps. And and one reason that that is particularly problematic is because we do know that these app stores have, um, you know, they have policies that the apps on their platforms have to abide by. And we know that many of them do have policies against, you know, certain types of harmful content. Um, so it's particularly problematic that Rumble is available on these, these, these app stores. Um, and it's a way for Rumble to, you know, distribute itself um, to, to broader audiences. So is it just a matter of that you guys are the only ones covering what Rumble is? There are some other, uh, you know, there are some other, uh, you know, researchers um, and groups that have their eye on them, but we have been kind of at the forefront um, and trying to warn people about this platform. And, and to remind me now, as I told you before we went on this segment, I've heard the word rumble and I've heard some murmurings about campaign ads running on it, et cetera, and so on. Rumble's been in the headline. I mean, they're, they're, it's hit the radar a few times in, in recent weeks, has it not? Can you repeat that? that yeah, last I mean, part? like, yeah, I mean, Rumble has been in the news a time or two when it comes to you know being associated with various campaigns, but not not so much with. Oh, and by the way, it, it's also the home, the safe harbor for a lot of any Semitic, any LGBTQ, uh, you know, rhetoric. Yeah, I know it, it had gotten a little press, you know, over the last week because it, uh, you know, Russell Brand is yes. one of their exclusive creators and is on the platform. Um, so there was some press around that because they they still monetize him on the platform, whereas YouTube recently demonetized him. Um, but we, you know, we know that especially in terms of the debate, we have barely seen coverage um, about Rumble's extremism um, and, and how the RNC is partnering with the platform. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me. I was trying to remember where it was I heard Rumble before, and you're right. It was the whole Russell Brand kerfuffle. Yeah, that, that, that was, I think, some of the most recent news with Rumble um, recently. All right, Kayla Gogarty, thank you so much for following up on this and uh, for all the work you guys do at Media Matters for America and the debate coverage and the live streaming as well. We do appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for having me. Final segment of The Ron Show after this with highlights from today's impeachment inquiry, or as I like to call it, another batch of examples that show which party is responsible to govern and the other just a tent full of circus clowns. Welcome back to The Ron Show, final segment for the day. And before I dive into the GOP impeachment inquiry, and yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene shines in her role as kooky Georgia lady. First, uh, a headline uh, coming from the AJC uh, late this afternoon. Colton Moore, the state legislator who has been calling for uh, a special legislative session to probe Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. Well, Colton Moore has been suspended from a key GOP caucus. Uh, Maya Prabhu at the AJC reporting that the state Senate Republican caucus has suspended Colton Moore who recently called to defund the Fulton County District Attorney in response to her indictment of former President Donald Trump and berated his colleagues for not following suit. So the Senate Republican Caucus released an announcement after Senator Colton Moore from Trenton, Georgia, issued a press release saying he'd been removed from the caucus. And what do we have here? In his press release, Moore maintained that a special session to investigate Willis was possible. 
That stance has been rebuffed by Governor Brian Kemp and other GOP leaders, prompting Moore to mount a series of verbal attacks on his colleagues. Quote, the Georgia Constitution clearly outlines the legislature's power to call an emergency session to investigate a judicial officer. That was in his statement. After urging my Republican Senate colleagues to join me, they responded by acting like children and throwing me out of the caucus. In the uh, Senate Republican Caucus press release, they point out that Moore had been asked to kind of tone it down a little bit. The language had been a little spicy when calling for this special session. But they also point out that it can't happen even if they supported it because it would need Democrats backing or a call by Governor Kemp. And the governor had ruled it out. And obviously, Democrats aren't going to pile on. Here's a rich note from the Senate Republican Caucus release. Senator Moore has knowingly misled people across Georgia and our nation. Uh, They like that on talk radio and cable news, though. Anyway, uh, causing unnecessary tension and hostility while putting his caucus colleagues and their families at risk of personal harm. Oh, I get it. So he has called Republicans who have objected to this petition of his spineless rhinos. His Republican colleagues in this article uh, apparently said that they've received uh, threats after State Senator Bo Hatchett and Shelley Eccles issued a joint statement criticizing Moore's call. They said the senator dispatched robocalls, texts, and emails targeting them. Caucus leadership said they asked Moore to adhere by the rules, which they declined to share while continuing to share his opinions of Willis. Unfortunately, they say he has refused and was suspended by leadership from participating in the caucus until he agrees to abide by the rules, which he voted for at the beginning of his term. Colton, clearly of the Marjorie Taylor Green cut of cloth. Marjorie, by the way, in her House impeachment inquiry time, had to be asked not to show pornographic evidence with a, at least warning folks who were watching. And, and that's the least of uh, the highlights today. I, I think Jamie Raskin really uh, pretty much summed it up quite nicely. Here we are just hours from a government shutdown. Well, let me let Jimmy Raskin put it to you. We're 62 hours away from shutting down the government of the United States of America, and Republicans are launching an impeachment drive based on a long debunked and discredited lie. No foreign enemy has ever been able to shut down the government of the United States, but now mega Republicans are about to do just that. But they don't want to cut off public services to the people and deny paychecks to more than a million service members without first launching an impeachment drive, even when they don't have a shred of evidence against President Biden for an impeachable offense. And you think I'm being harsh? Here's what some Republicans have had to say over the last week about the actions of the Republicans as they watch up close, quote, the dysfunction caucus at work, in the words of our GOP colleague from Nebraska, Don Bacon, clown show, foolishness, terribly misguided, stupidity, failure to lead, lunatics, disgraceful, new low, pathetic, enabling Chairman Xi, people that have serious issues, those folks don't have a plan, show just how broken they are, and individuals that just want to burn the whole place down. Now, if I said any of these things, They'd probably take my words down, but these are Republicans talking about Republicans. So let's be clear. This isn't partisan warfare America's seeing today. It is chaotic infighting between Republicans and Republicans. Mm -hmm. It's MAGA versus extreme MAGA, as if anybody in the real world could tell the difference between the two. 
Raskin had plenty more to say, but I got to be honest with you, this inquiry almost should have stopped in its infancy. Minutes in, when Fox News legal analyst, Professor Jonathan Turley, himself, a witness for those who are pushing for the impeachment, basically said, there's no there there, man. And then it was just three years ago uh, that uh, another impeachment occurred without any hearings at all. The shortening intervals between impeachments should be a cause of concern and circumspection for all the members on both sides. And I want to emphasize what it is that we're here today for. This is a question of an impeachment inquiry. It is not a vote on articles of impeachment. In fact, I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment. Here's all I'm going to say, and and I'm going to ask uh, Fox News' Neil Cavuto to help with this summation. Six hours of testimony, four or more witnesses brought forward with zero evidence and hearsay and expert testimony, and we're no further along in getting any evidence that there is a reason to impeach the president. But listen— James Comer went out before the press gaggle, and then Neil Cavuto essentially summed up what happened after six hours today. Many of you, I don't know what more evidence you need. I mean, you know, what did the Biden do for the $20 million? That's, that's the question. You may not like the evidence, and you may be selling that there's no evidence, but let me assure you, the American people aren't buying what you're selling. They want to know, what did this family do to get $20 million? And what level of involvement did Joe Biden have? And that's why we will continue this impeachment inquiry. I thought it was a great here today. Uh, now I've got to go to the floor for House folks. Thank you all. You have- it's from uh, Chairman Comer. Uh, as he even acknowledged there and talking to reporters after this hearing, better than six-hour hearing uh, ended, uh, that there was no evidence presented today, <laughs> certainly, of a crime committed by President Biden. Uh, he has uh, been emphasizing that more bank records are needed uh, from him and his son, Hunter Biden. That's the thing, though. They've never been denied bank records. That's not the only moment of candor that Neil Cavuto had, though, as the hearings wrapped. All right. uh, For the better part of six hours, uh, I have been following these hearings, save an hour off to do my Fox Business show earlier today. Uh, I don't know what was achieved over these last six plus hours. Welcome, everybody. I'm Neil Cavuto. I want to put in perspective here, though, and we are going to legally go through all the details. But uh, James Comer, the Oversight Committee chairman, had said that there would be presented a mountain of evidence against Mr. Biden. It was referring to President Biden. But none of the expert witnesses today presented Yet, any any proof for impeachment. Now, to be clear, this was not about impeachment. This is about launching an impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. But it is worth pointing out that none of the witnesses today were fact witnesses. Mm-hmm. That means that none were involved in the investigation into the alleged activities in the first place. What's more, none of the witnesses testified today of direct knowledge mm-hmm. of what Republicans have been claiming about Joe Biden. In other words, that this, uh, the way this was built up, uh, where there's smoke, there would be fire. Again, I'm not a lawyer, and I'm going to be talking to some darn smart ones in a moment. But where there's smoke today, we just got a lot more smoke. When a Fox News anchor is telling you that, it's time to confess you've got nothing. 
See, to summarize this entire show today, from last night's debate to today's antics at the House impeachment inquiry, the lesson learned is you've got one party that wants to govern with some responsibility towards the people, and you've got another party that is just in shambles. They're a clown car full of honky noses and big floppy hats and squirting flowers. Y'all, it's been a great 18 hours or so for the Democratic Party and the Biden-Harris 2024 campaign. And on that note, I bid you adieu. Back tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One Radio app, americaoneradio.com, or wherever you podcast immediately afterwards. Show notes and more, we've got them at ronshowatl.com. My thanks to Kayla Gogarty with Media Matters for America for joining us. Have a great one. We'll see you tomorrow.